I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to your Pro Wrestling Index. I'm your host as usual, Guy Drinkle. And in this one, we're going to be reviewing Clash of Champions. Uh, a bit of a mixed pay-per-view, but we will also discuss Raw and SmackDown because joining me is my partner in crime in the Fiend fan club is Alex Barilaro. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing very well, Guy. I'm looking forward to those. In fact, I think they are already released on WWEShop.com. The Masks for the fiend just oh to go around and say oh i've got it there's also five life on house t-shirts so you know you could wear both of them and, and kind of fully immerse yourself in the greatest professional wrestling creation in history uh and uh yeah no, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to spending at least 74 percent of this podcast speaking about the fiend yes yes absolutely so let's uh rush through the whole card <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Pre-show or not to pre-show, because, I mean, the Cruiserweights was the Cruiserweights, but a couple dodgy missed spots. That's about it. That's the only thing to talk about from that match, I suppose. Yeah, it felt too choreographed, and they didn't hit the choreography well enough for it to be good. Um, Yeah, that's, I mean, the best thing I can say about it was that it was at least exciting in points, but it wasn't what 205 Live was about, which was kind of action-packed intensity. Great, great wrestling. Uh, and it's a shame that 205 Live is being cancelled, but it is going to the place where it should have started anyway, which is Full Sail, uh, to be a part of NXT. And uh, for those who haven't seen NXT today, um, the match itself between Oni Lorcan and the returning Leo Rush was brilliant. Uh, and it kind of consolidated the idea that, yeah, the Cruiserweights belong in NXT because I don't know if you even watched the pre-show, but it felt like it was just a death knoll. It felt like it didn't, it wasn't a celebration of 205 Live. It felt more like it was a, yep, yeah, right, this thing needs to move. This thing needs, not to, not to die because it's not dead, but this thing certainly needs a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I think the whole presentation of it really needs to to change. I mean, even, even at the start, I mean, like the Cruiserweight, classic was brilliant and stuff like that but then the winner got a gimpy purple belt i know the theme was purple but it kind of looks like a cartoon <laughs> rather than all the serious stuff like the nxt belts were fantastic the nxt uk belts are like the best in the business 
and then someone's got like a big purple dildo Barney belt. It's like what the fuck? Yeah, it's such a disparity, isn't it? Between glorious but also elegant, and the two hundred lie belt, which is just wonky and weird. And it's fine for the twenty four seven belt to be that because it's a, it's supposed to be something of a, of a comedy belt. But for the two hundred five live belt to be so purple and and yeah, like you said, gimpy and janky. It doesn't feel like it cuts right, to be honest. It feels like it devalues the whole thing. But uh, we probably spent more than enough time talking about the Cruiserweights yes. Yes, in what did. they were because what they are now is so much better. The other pre-show match was obviously Cedric Alexander versus AJ Styles, which was curious in its own way in that Cedric felt like he was building up to something with AJ. But I think – I'm not sure whether this was their reasoning, but certainly from a fan's perspective – we were more excited for the match than kind of anything surrounding it. We were more excited to see Cedric get an opportunity than anything. And while at the same time he was just kind of beaten and then not and more than beaten, he was clattered and and kind of destroyed. Uh, it did feel like, yeah, look, Cedric has Cedric's profile has been raised. Losing to AJ Styles was always going to happen, and with everything that that did happen over the last few weeks, you kind of feel like, all right, yeah, Cedric and AJ being on the pre-show is. A disappointment, but if it was never going to be a competitive match, then I guess there's no real harm in it. To be honest, I, I think it is disappointing. It's on the on the pre-show. Uh, it, I think this was like the safest bet for match of the night, and it just turned into pretty much a slightly drawn out squash match. Like I know Cedric got a couple big moves in right at the start, but after that, it was, I mean, getting toyed with by AJ Styles. Like obviously, you can do that with big shithouses like Lars Sullivan, obviously, hopefully not against Cedric Alexander and stuff like that, but it's AJ Styles. He's not... I know he's the one of the best in the world, if not the best in the world, but, I mean, it's not... He's not. You shouldn't be getting, like, physically dominated by someone like AJ Styles. He's not the biggest himself. It just... It felt like Vince has kind of had enough of these small people. That's what it felt to me, and obviously Raw. It kind of continued, but it was a lot more competitive because Heyman was rumoured to be in charge of that one. Um, but yeah, do, what what do you make of it? Do you think this is Vince and the higher ups going off of Cedric, or uh, I, I don't you, think you made, so. You made a good you made a good point actually before we started the the um, drafts coming up, so we don't know we can't do really long term storylines apart from the main event stuff, can we? That's exactly yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. With the draft coming up, I think they needed to raise Cedric's profile high enough that he would be that wherever he goes, whichever show he goes to. He's a name. Uh, but the fact of the matter is AJ Styles is the name, um, or at least one of the names. I think if they if they were dead set on burying Cedric, they wouldn't have, to, for lack of a better term, they wouldn't have raised his profile up to this point. I think it was just a case of, well, we don't need you now. Like it, It's the Vince McMahon thing of like, well, yeah, we're, bur- we're building you up, but... And this is where he he can get a lot of crit- right justified criticism for his booking style, where we don't we we've done our job in building you up. We don't need you now. Now we just need to make AJ look strong. So in, it's not a case of tearing him down. It's just a case of ignoring him, which he does a lot because he doesn't he he like he's like a toddler. He focuses on certain things at certain points. Vince McMahon, that is. Uh, so I wouldn't say, given everything, given how Cedric beat Drew, given how Cedric beat. Beat, did he? I believe he beat AJ a month ago, but I might be wrong. Yes, on that. he certainly yeah. got it. Yeah, he certainly got a series of wins, and you don't do that to a star that you don't want to push. I think it's just 
the fact that with the draft coming up, they needed to raise Cedric's level to a certain point and then be like, okay, we're done with you for now. We'll come back to you in a month um, when you're on SmackDown or whatever. Although I, I think he'll probably stay on Raw because I don't think they'll want to have uh, Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander on the same show because they're very similar characters and they're both very believable baby faces. And we know Vince is very high on Mustafa Ali. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd say Cedric will stay on Raw, but as of right now, there's just nothing for him. Yeah, I, I, I genuinely hope it's not him being buried because I think, obviously, Drew getting injured, maybe that kind of put a pause in, in that feud because that seemed to have more legs in it at least. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think Drew, I think he said in an interview, he literally couldn't get out of bed after that match or something like that, which is not promising, but uh, it'll be interesting Not ideal. Yeah, maybe they'll reignite that or something, but, yeah. Oh, I think yeah. only time will Although, tell with Cedric. Also, you reminded me that Lars Sullivan existed there, <laughs> and I can't, I just, I, the, I mean, it came the other day, I put, it, I put it in the group chat, because I was reminded that Lars Sullivan existed. And then I somehow it went out of my brain. And then you just said his name again. And, and Lars Sullivan exists. And he just hasn't been anywhere for the last three, four months at least. And not that I'm complaining because he's crap. He's winning the uh, Royal Rumble. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Um, yeah, because he, he's crap. And, and they have better monsters. And they have better big men who can actually wrestle and aren't incels. But... Yeah, it's insane how these people can just fail. I mean, we're going to talk about it later. There's been a lot this week of names coming back into the fray ahead of the brand split. I don't think Lars Sullivan's going to be one of them. I don't think he's valuable enough. Well, he is is injured, to be fair. I think he's injured till 2020, so I think that. Oh, was it that long? I thought. Uh, I yeah, I think they so. for him. Okay, so that makes that makes more sense. Okay, but still, yeah, no, it's very very forgettable. Old big mate Lars because he mm. didn't have a really have a feud on his uh, hey, that, main roster. Deck. That match against the Lucha House Party was. Oh no, that's not a uh, feud. That, that, is, that... that was abomination. <laughs> that was something. Uh, that was something. <laughs> where, where it ended in a no yeah. contest. He didn't even fucking win. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. It was too. God, that was crap. All right, yeah. Cash yes, let's, 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 uh, let's get off this topic. Rather, uh, rather than that, right. So, so coming into this pay-per-view, we had this, well, I think it's horrendous, but it's certainly confusing storyline of Seth and Braun winning the tag team titles, and it's not the AOC, um, AOC, I'm, mod- I'm uh, merging two tag teams there, it's not the original club, um, Oh, the OC. They, yeah, yeah, OC. Sorry. God, uh, the AOP vignettes have came back. AOP. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, the OC are not in this match for some reason, even though the storyline has been surrounding them, but it is Rude and Ziggler. It's pretty much putting two heels together randomly. It works in the past. It might work here. But, yeah, we, it, firstly, what were your thoughts on the storyline? Because I thought it was a bit shit. I was. I get why why they do it because the whole strange bedfellows thing makes sense when you got two big faces. But yeah, like to your point, why wasn't it the OC? Why was AJ Styles and the, the OC and Rude and Ziggler all involved in this when it could well just have been because Cedric the the thing with Cedric as well was Cedric would come out and and help defend him and then Broad would come out and then like it just became a mosh pot of just. Ugh really bizarrely booky, bizarrely booked kind of 
cross-sectioning of storylines where AJ and Cedric's going one way, but the OC wants to kind of dominate Raw, so they attack Seth because Seth kind of beat AJ but didn't. But then Braun comes in because he wants a shot but also doesn't like the OC. So then Rude and Ziggler get piled on top of this purely because they got just jammed together and won that weird gauntlet match. And, and it was just a really, really weird blend of lots of things happening. I didn't like it. The match itself did the job. I didn't think they'd lose the titles, to be honest. Uh, I don't know why I didn't think that, because now it it really makes sense, (laughs) considering what we do know. But I just had this idea that, no, no, Seth will beat Braun, and then they'll keep going, and then they'll lose the titles on Raw, because Braun will hate that he lost, and blah, blah, blah. Either way, the match itself was fine. I am struggling to see... I mean, we've already talked about the draft. struggling to see a reality where... Rude and Ziggler carry the tag titles into the new kind of era of Raw. <sighs> yeah, I mean, they might just lose them. We know that... I mean, I'm jumping ahead, but we know that the aforementioned by you, AOP, are back. Mm. Where they yeah. end up, I don't know. If that's on Raw, it's very what? easy. Come With... in, squash. Also, the Viking Raiders are there. As yeah, well. I, I was going to say that. And and with yeah. with AOP mentioning MMA in their vignette, it kind of makes sense to go to SmackDown if they want to make it sporty. That's very true. Yeah, that, and I I really liked their vignette as well. It was it went back to the mm. NXT style of we are these foreign guys. I, I'm a big shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it is like we we are the big shit houses here. We're more legit than all of you. So come to, fight us. To be fair, was, I mean the only problem is is if you do AOP. V the revival that kind of doesn't work, but if we get if the Viking Raiders do take the titles off uh, Rude and Ziggler, which I imagine is why they got them, um, AOP versus the Viking Raiders is Vince McMahon's absolute wet dream. Yeah, it is big sweaty men just just having at it. It would make sense. And the Viking Raiders are face, so yeah, yeah. I mean, they've just like they, they just turned they, face they for a win. They were kind of nothing <laughs> but, for months. Yeah. yeah, they were absolutely nothing. Um, yeah, no, that makes complete sense. Makes utter sense. So I'd imagine it's what they'll do, uh, considering the revival, the new day, and when they come back, the Usos will probably be on SmackDown, I imagine, because they're the three most prominent mm. teams. And when the Usos went to Raw, they kind of fell into that weird trap where anyone who goes to Raw suddenly reverts to not joke characters, but certainly Gimmicky less bullshit. serious characters. <laughs> yeah, less serious than they were on SmackDown. Um, Usi Hot. Because it's Oosie. the same Oosie. company. Usi Hot. Yeah, Usi Hot. Yes. Yes. What the hell let's, was that? Let's not... But to, I mean, it, it, it's a hell of a free tag teams to have on the show, but well, no, but that's what I mean. They've still got heavy machinery. They've still got the best tag team in the oh, company, which is the best tag team. Yes. Otis, did you see Otis on SmackDown oh. this week? Oh I, my god, yes! He, he, oh my god! He's, a he wrestled shirtless. There should not be a moment <laughs> where Otis is not shirtless in the future. All right, if that man has a shirt on, someone's done something wrong. Second, the. Oh, the, just the, the way his body vibrates when he does that dance move, <laughs> just unbelievable. <laughs> it's, oh, he, that man is just pure money. But um, no, getting back to topic, that those three teams are kind of, I don't know if you remember, but when SmackDown first split mm. off mm-hmm. and we had basically the, the Usos versus the New Day for a long time, 
because they just kept putting on barnstormer after barnstormer after barnstormer. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were kind of worried about the SmackDown tag division, and then it kind of escalated to the point where it was the best, one of the best things in the company. I have a feeling that could happen again because something something tells me Fox will be like, right, give us Brock, give us Roman, probably give us Kofi as well, uh, and then we're going to have tag team wrestling because tag team wrestling is one of the more it's associated with the technical side of wrestling, I'd say mm-hmm. and old fashioned. So those three teams all on the one division, I would think, like you said, that that's one hell of a building block Four teams. Actually, sorry, I forgot the Usos supposing they come back from, uh, the exile mm-hmm. that Jay put them in Jimmy or Jay. I can't remember which one. Got which, done. Whichever. Uh, <laughs> whichever one. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, ideally you're looking at a, Four team division and a four team division. Does that mean Rude and Ziggler stay together? Because mm-hmm. Raw will need the teams, I'd imagine so for the for yeah, the near future. Yeah, I think so. Because you got you got the Vikings, AOP, um, Rude and Ziggler. Yeah, I mean, we're missing someone. Someone new. Um, straight yeah, profit. OP. OP. Oh, fucking hell. OC. Yeah, Jesus yeah, Christ. I'm just, I'm just yeah. going to start calling them the Good Brothers again. <laughs> um, and yeah, the Street Profits. As Street well, Profits. Who yeah, I believe will stay on Raw purely yeah, because that's when they're so. doing all their, all their jam. They're bullshit. Um, so yeah, I think that's quite promising. Um, Cesaro will probably get thrown in a tag team hopefully soon to rescue, re-rescue his career because it's starting to annoy me. Oops. Seamus says he wants one more run. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Just before his back caves out, I imagine, because that man's back is Mm -hmm. absolutely broken. So maybe maybe that will reunite. I quite like Cesaro doing the singles thing of just putting on absolutely class matches. I mean, if he goes Uh, to NXT... That'd be yeah, I mean, fucking amazing. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Also, if you, well, yeah, there's going to be an interesting spread of mid-card singles talent waiting for the pushes that they're probably almost certainly going to get. Ricochet mm-hmm. is def- they're, they're high on him. Alistair Black apparently they love him, and he's just been kind of dawdling, waiting for someone to 
someone posts Cesaro. And uh, yeah, Ali. I nearly called him Mustafa Ali there. Uh, Ali, oh, apparently you. Vince loves him <laughs> as a natural baby face. How, how dare I? Um, uh, and then we obviously spoke about Cedric. AJ's a champion. So there's a lot of mid-card talent that we can't really assess until we see them spread out. It may well be that Rude and Ziggler sort of have to stay as a mm-hmm. tag team because there's no other place where they'll where they'll actually be. Like they actually fit. Ah, you, you, they'll, they'll start. They'll form a couple of random tag teams. I reckon there's just so Pro- much mid card stuff there. As, yeah. as you said, like God, we Cor- Corbin and Gable's a tag team waiting to happen now. <laughs> oh God, no! Oh please, oh please, no! But anyway. just as I'm starting to absolutely adore Baron Corbin, I don't think that. <laughs> Oh dear, but yeah, yeah. Let, let's move on from the tag team division because it'll be interesting to see what the uh, post brand split will be like. We'll do a pod on that at the time. Um, but that was that was the first match of the actual pay per view segment, and yeah, the match itself was very forgettable. Even the ending, it didn't really play into the story too well. Um, but the second match, Bailey v Charlotte. I mean, three four years ago, this would probably be a sure thing for match of the night. And it went three minutes, forty-five seconds. Yes. However, I would caveat that with it was, I really wouldn't say brilliant. I would say it was what they should have done. But sometimes, most of the time, they don't do what they should do. The subtleness of Bailey's heel turn was great. The way she bolted after she did it, like she was kind mm. of like, "All right, I gotta go. See you later. Bye, bye." Uh, really good. Really, like, don't make it obvious. Don't make it blatant. You can't turn a character that has been really happy and face and uh, kids love me all her life and just say, oh, no, I'm an emo. I mean, it'd be funny, but just say I'm an emo bad guy now and, and me and Sasha are going to take over the world. So I think the term was done really well. I don't know what you th- what your thoughts are about this whole Bailey and Sasha thing, but I think they've done quite well with it so far. Um... <sighs> I like the initial turn of obviously Butter and Becky. I think that worked. Um, I think they're just kind of, it's kind of confusing because they've portrayed her as like a proper heel on Raw. And then on SmackDown, she's against Charlotte, who nobody really liked. So she's kind of still half a face. And that might have been the idea. But I just think it's kind of confusing to the way they present it. Like it's literally one night apart on the TV show, so I think it's kind of just confused, and obviously, she's still kind of been treated as a punching bag, in, in this whole four-person, four-horsewoman few type thing at the minute, and I, I just think that's kind of been the story of her. I'm, I'm very interested to see where it goes, because obviously they brought Carmella into it, who we know is one of her better mates in, in real life as well, so that'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um... But yeah, I think it's just a bit confusing at the minute. I think this match, yeah, I, I agree. I think the nuances of of her heel turn are kind of coming out a bit better. But I just don't. She's just. I don't think she's that good a promo. Like obviously, Sasha Banks is a lot better heel um, than a face, and that's kind of natural to her. Whereas Bailey, I think she's not the best in either. But obviously, the way they built her up in NXT was perfect. Whereas in in the main roster, it's kind of a bit dull. So I think she still needs to work in her in her own presenting and the back and how backstage presenter, obviously. But yeah, it'll be interesting. I think it it was the right decision though, because it, it it was staler than stale. Um, but we'll see how that one goes. Um, 
One match we'll actually talk about because it was bloody good is the Revival v The New Day. Uh, only got 10 minutes, but that's probably 10 minutes more than me and Tadee were worrying on the preview because we thought it'd go pre-show. Um, I thought this was really good. I thought, obviously, not too long to work with, but I thought it was the perfect tag team match. And as, if the Revival are getting trekked like this and have proper matches, and we obviously talked about the tag team division uh, a couple of minutes ago, I, it, this could lead into a very promising time in the tag team division. Yeah, absolutely. I also think they're... What's the word? They're the, the hot potatoes, for lack of a better term, in the way they've been bouncing kind of from from title to title, was in in essence kind of a bumping up of the resume sort of thing. I guess if you look at it literally, kind of just trying to get their numbers up. But the whole idea of the revivals top guys out thing is now looking really, really good because they can say, look at all the titles we won. We really are top guys. And for that reason, like, as we were just saying, they can build, you can build a tag division around the revival and you should because they're brilliant. And that in itself is, is kind of enough for you to say, right, the revival, I paired with Randy Orton, who is in kind of good Randy mode now and go on, do your thing. Just do your thing, uh, which is why they could feud with the New Day so naturally, I think. And that and that's like the that the best revival is the one where they just what's the word? They're free in to do their just their basic top guy stuff because they're old fashioned, but they're also not complicated, and they're good henchmen, but also a brilliant tag team. Whereas before, I think they WWE fell into the trap of kind of overbooking them slightly in the in the sense that yeah they they would be booked in this well I mean, we, we already talked about the talked about the uso hot thing which is better the less said about that the better uh but also they would they were booked as kind of just a yeah we're a relentless dominating we're we're a, just this this ultimate heel tag team that has to resort to the worst sorts of trickery and stuff and it's just no they're just violent old-fashioned great wrestlers who know how to put on a really, really good match. And the last four weeks, we've kind of seen that, I think. And I know people will probably disagree with, you, with me and say, no, they should be on their own. They shouldn't be with Randy. But to be honest, that it, it just keeps showing you how good they are, even as henchmen. And I think this match in itself was a good example of that because they didn't need that much build. They won the titles. They look like top guys. And they put on a top guy performance. Uh, and you're right. That, and, and sometimes tag team matches don't need the full 20 minutes. Um, sometimes you get more than enough drama by having 10 minutes of just absolute all action. And we know the New Day are brilliant. Uh, we also know the Revival are brilliant. They haven't worked together that much since the Revival came up and, and attacked them and made that kind of really good first impression, which kind of trailed off. So it was really good to see them remind the world of just how good they are i think because the revival one of the greatest things to come out of nxt in in my opinion purely because of how different they are and there was a point where Mm. we thought they'd be leaving because AEW was calling but no i think now they're firmly set just because yeah like i said it, it is literally resume bumping but figuratively it's the kind of thing where you look back and you go jesus the revival won a lot of tag team titles and that's that's what makes them because they can say, yeah, top guys out, five-time Raw Tag Team champs, whatever. Um, I know that's not the number, but yeah, the, the whole thing has been done quite well, I think. Yeah, I think, to kind of build on the, the Randy point as well, I think 
it, it just kind of legitimizes them. Like you don't WWE wouldn't put the B team with Randy, for example, because that obviously wouldn't fit in that bit shit. Um, but the revival that I think that suits them perfectly. Even as henchmen, obviously they can have success on their own. But like you know, if you get put with like, Randy, it's legit because Rick will obviously talk about his Oh, and match it later on. <laughs> um, yes. Yes. Um, a very randy match. Yeah. Like, he may not put on the best pay-per-view matches anymore, but week to week, it's still he's still one of the best, biggest stars in the company. So, it, it, I think it only... He's still he's still phenomenal character. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. You look at Randy Orton and you go, all right, what, what are you now? But he's got this character that he is just Randy Orton because he doesn't need the when they still give him the nickname because they gave everybody freaking nicknames. But he doesn't need the Viper thing. He doesn't need the Legend Killer thing. He doesn't need the whole look at the sadisticness. He's just like he's Randy Orton, and when he gives a sh- when he wants something, he will stop at absolutely nothing to get it, and that's the character. And then yeah, you're exactly right. Pairing the revival with a dude like that who is legitimately just made it legitimizes them because. All of a sudden, they seem like real top shit. They seem like, yeah, we're like him. When we want something, we'll go out and we'll get it. And we won't take prisoners. And we're just going to batter down the hatches. And the build-up to the Kofi match was kind of the, about the whole stupid, stupid thing. But really, it was also about the one line from Orton, which was, I don't think you are as good a champion as everyone says you are, so I'm going to take that belt from you because I'm the gatekeeper around here. I've been around here. And the Revival are now at that level where they can say, guess what? We're coming for that. We just we just appeared after three months off because Dash just got injured or whatever. And we're going to go for those titles now because we're legit and nothing's going to stop us. And that's one of those really underrated wrestling characters that you can, like when, when you just get slotted in somewhere and nobody asks questions. And that's yeah. Randy Orton, I think, at this stage. Yeah, yeah, I think it is a shame about, like, he's obviously very capable of having good matches. We saw it against um, AJ at WrestleMania, but it, it just seemingly hasn't clicked with Kofi. But anyway, we'll talk about that when uh, we get to it on the card. But yeah, the the revival v. New Day, I think that can continue. Um, but we'll we'll talk about what happened on SmackDown afterwards. Maybe interesting to see where Randy goes from here. But yeah, next match on the card, um, the Poison Chalice of the Tag Team's Women Division. But this was actually a surprisingly good match. I thought. I thought it was. It was yeah. very good at the end. Yeah. It got, well, it got in terms nine. of what it relatively yeah. could yeah. have done. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like probably two teams. There's a couple. There's a good couple workers in there. But you wouldn't expect them to get... They just got over nine minutes, which is quite a long time, considering the rest of the pay-per-view, um, which is a decent amount of time. And it's a feud that... It's not been built well or anything on, on, on TV. It's gone back to the old cliche of shit of, oh, she's ugly. Um, but no, I thought this match was quite good. And I thought Sonya and Nikki, I thought it was a really good match. And them two in particular, I thought were really good. And Mandy does a nice knee strike. <laughs> yes, a phenomenal. She does a she does Kenny Omega's V-trigger better than Kenny Omega. Yes. Um, I think that the whole thing about the she's ugly was really overblown because no, not like it's a stupid thing to, to put, to make a heel say, right? Because Nikki Cross is by no means unattractive. 
that being said, the whole reaction to it, like the 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 what's the right word I'm looking for? The not because it wasn't outrage. It was resentment that WWE are using looks in a storyline, and yet it completely ignored the fact that this is a bad guy. We're talking about a bad. You're supposed to listen to what they say and go, no, boo, you're an idiot. That's bad. That's mean. We're getting to the point now where everything is so, like, uh, not sensitive. Sensitive is the wrong word, but everything is so protected now and everyone has to do things just in the right way that a industry which is built on getting heat, rightly or wrongly, is now being being told, no, you can't get heat that way. You have to get heat in a way that I am allowing. When reality is these days, so many people cheer the heels that natural heat isn't it's just it's a commodity it's a rare Mm -hmm. commodity which ties into my point later about why baron corbin is so brilliant right now (laughs) that being said um i didn't like the storyline purely because right mandy just came out with the she's ugly thing out of nowhere it was like they just tossed it in for the sake of it just to be like oh well this this storyline needs a bit more heat let's let's throw in mandy's beauty superiority complex and you just go ah that's not it lads if you're gonna do your ugly thing do it in a build-up do it after you know mandy has a photo shoot like like mandy just had a photo shoot with maxim which is unreal by the way and that would be the perfect time for for nikki for nikki for mandy to come out and be like look at all my photo shoot i'm the most beautiful one on on the roster oh look at the look at you Nikki, you'll never do this. You'll never have that. Blah, 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 blah. All right. It can be done. It's a good way of getting hate because no one wants to see a bitch telling someone she's ugly. We boo that as a society. We, we would boo that in wrestling, but they just did it sloppily. I think that's my, like, my issue with it is how it's done rather than like the fact that and I don't want to live in a world where I can't boo a heel because she's calling someone ugly. Like that's just a, that's just a heel thing to do. Let heels be heels. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree. I mean, I, I don't want it turning into what was the storyline? Was it Beth Phoenix and Lay Cool, where they were calling her a piggy oh, yeah. or something? Oh, yeah, no, Mickey James, Mickey Piggy. James, was that, that Lay was Cool? It. Yeah, yeah, that was it. see, that, that was, was that was overbloated, yeah, and crap, and just utter shite. But at the same time, the heels' objective is to be unrealistic and stuff oh yeah i hate uh, that i hate that mostly because i hate that because it was mostly shit <laughs> yeah exactly that's what i mean like be be crafty with it don't resort to fat jokes and short jokes if you're gonna call someone ugly be it have it because oh look at my photo shoot look at how hot i am you can't compare to me look at you blah blah, blah. be materialistic but do it right do it in a way that actually makes me boo you rather than being being mm. because you just ran out of ideas and this is what you're resorting to. It's just annoying. But that being said, the match itself was class. The match mm. itself was fantastic. Considering everything, they put that uh it probably went maybe a minute or two too long, but they needed the legitimacy of of kind of the tag team, mm-hmm. the women's tag team division getting a good match. And yeah, like you said, I think it's a nice thing for Nikki and Sonya to get in that ring and show everyone they can go. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe it's a case of like, we know Alexa has struggles with the concussion thing now and that she's had been advised to wrestle less. We know Mandy 
is more of a character than mm-hmm. a wrestler, despite the fact she's improved a lot. So it was kind of nice to see, yeah, Nikki, who we know is good, and Sonya, who we know is good, just remind everyone that, yeah, we are good. It was it was a good match, I think. Yeah, yeah. And if if they keep putting on good matches every pay-per-view, if they get about 10 minutes, I mean, I know you're not a big fan of Asuka and stuff like that, but if Asuka and Kyrie Sane are going to get 10-minute matches, and I hope they split that tag team up, but if they're not going to, if they, if they get 10-minute matches on pay-per-views, that's better than nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. If the if the division's legit, then it helps everyone. Even though, yeah, Oscar and Kyrie shouldn't be a tag team. Absolutely. But that's by the way. Yeah, yep. Um, but we'll move on from that and uh, this match. God, um, Nakamura v the Miz with obviously Sami Zayn being the new um, what's his bloody name? Rush. Leo Rush. Leo Rush. Yep. That's the one. Uh, yeah, I thought this only served one purpose of the Miz match in Jericho's record, and it looks and like, it didn't happen. Yeah, I I was astounded. Yeah, but also it well it served the purpose, which is Sami Zayn's brilliant. He's brilliant in the ring. He's brilliant at being a heel. He's brilliant at being a heel manager without being in the ring. But it was unnecessary because just I mean you could tell. After a while, you could tell that just neither guy works well with each other. Like it was just—I uh, I don't know if you. I put—I'll put it to you, guy. Do you think there will be a point in time where the Miz will be WWE champion again, as a face, or just in general? Oh, uh, just in general. Um, before Kofi got it, I saw it. But now he's legit and re-legitimized it. I just can't see it. That's like, what I think. If the, if the WWE title is going to be based on Fox, which is probably where it's going for the long-term future, I mean, uh, and the Universal title is going to be held by big people like The Fiend, uh, but also Se- yes, Seth and Braun, uh, and maybe someone like Drew and Alistair Black might end up on Raw and Ricochet will be there eventually and eventually Adam Cole's coming up and you know that the Undisputed Era will, would kill it every, anywhere they go, but at the end of the day, Adam Cole with the Universal Belt makes sense. I don't see The Miz being a huge factor anymore, mm-hmm. which is a shame because a year ago I would have told you he was kind of third or fourth in the line. Well, I think the I think what kind of eventually killed it off was the way not him obviously, but the fucked up the Brian storyline because that was yeah so disappointing. Like when the original brand split happened, the Miz was probably the biggest success story on that because he 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 elevated the Intercontinental well the whole mid card to um renew uh, renew led rediscovered levels. Um, and since then, and especially since the first turn, I think, like, the Shane stuff was fine. I thought the cage match was fucking abysmal. Um, but the Shane stuff was good after uh, on WrestleMania after it was a bit crap. And, and, yeah, I think we talked about it either before we started recording or just as we started recording. He's left in limbo since, as are a lot of people. Uh, I, I, yeah, I just can't see. I think the mid-card is, is now where he should be, but we've seen in the past, as, as I mentioned, he... he he can legitimise the mid-card 
like no one else at the minute. Like, I, I'm sure we both really like Nakamura, and Sami Zayn, I think it's quite fun. But The Miz, I think he needs to go back to being a heel. Like, I know he'll sell merch and stuff like that, and I don't know how they do it. But I think he's, I think he's just the perfect heel, especially as a mid card champ. And then, then you can use him to get over um, Chad Gable, Buddy Murphy. Um, I suppose Nakamura is doing it with Ali right now, or it looks like it's going to be. But we've seen that before, um, so maybe not. Um, but I think you kind of want Miz in the Nakamura role, but you can't always just rely on Miz. So fair enough. But yeah, I think as a face, it's just kind of not working anymore with the Miz, and we're kind of seeing it with Kevin Owens, like. I think it's more to do with the booking of Kevin Owens rather than him. Yeah, yeah. Because I think the fans are cheering KO in spite of the booking, whereas I don't mm-hmm. think the fans are cheering Miz at all now. Well, no, they are cheering. I think he just got a cheap bot for the because, T-shirt. Yeah. And the the thing that made him so popular was how savage, he wa- how savage and honest he was. And it's the classic thing that always happens with these heel turns. Happened to Elias. It, it Well, no, it hasn't really happened with KO because he's he's brilliant at kind of promos anyway. But yeah, it happens to Elias. It happened to Misery's first face turn as well. They didn't learn their lesson. It happened to Ziggler. When people start cheering heels, it's because they like the attitude. Mm-hmm. And they like how cool they are. Just look at Becky Lynch. She turned mm-hmm. face and yet she kept she kept at the attitude. She kept calling everybody idiots. She kept the arrogance, which was the best part. She was just like, yeah, no, one's, no one can touch me. I'm, it doesn't matter whether I am a face or a heel. No one can touch me. And that was perfect because that's exactly what people fell in love with. Whereas now the Miz going all baby face. Yeah, he it's not his territory. It's not what he's good at. Um, so there could well be an instance where he legitimizes the US title again. And he wears it for another... 400 days, whatever, some some ludicrously long title reign, and he automatically sort of has to be inserted into the title picture. But I mm-hmm. think if you look at that talent roster, the, the, the level of talent they've got right now, I completely forgot about Buddy Murphy as well. They are, one, lacking in true heels, which the Miz is, and two, they've got such a, just a ridiculous amount of talent that it would be a long shot to see him be champion again. Yeah, yeah, and I think the way it is at the minute, you've obviously got um, AJ as champ on one show. That could go on for as long as AJ wants it to, I think. Um, And Nakamura on the other, which I imagine Nakamura is just serving a purpose to get over a face. But after that happens, I think you've got to turn the Miz, and then he can... like. As long as he's in the company, he is definitely overtaking Chris Jericho's Intercontinental titles at some point. Oh yeah, guaranteed. Especially yeah. with where Jericho is. Yeah, now. absolutely. If that and wasn't the, the case, that if that wasn't Jer- the case, it'd, you'd probably bring back Chris Jericho and make a moment out of it. But obviously, you can't do that now. Um, but yeah, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it as soon as like he's on TV with AEW, they'll probably pull the trigger and just go, ah, oh, he's out of our history books. Like, not, but you get what I mean. Um, Mate, yeah, probably. Also, there's, like, there's the whole idea that, like, well, if AEW go, does go tits up, then there's a, there would be a pathway back for Chris Jericho, but I think that's also discounting the fact that he is drunk seemingly 95% of the time. Yes. Of any time. Uh, I don't know if you saw the... the uh, 
video of him talking about the Recover Championship, but he was redder than a tomato. Uh, <laughs> and I just think that before anything would happen, like any like company rivalry aside, before anything would happen there, he would need to kind of pass a fit and proper person's test, which I don't think he would <laughs> be able to now. So that is another reason why I think they're probably eager to get the record onto the Miz. But yeah, at the same time, I really did think that was going to be the purpose of Nakamura, but it does seem like, I don't know, but that's the thing. I'm not sure I agree with you in that Nakamura is a tool to get someone else over because otherwise I think they would have just kept the, kept the status quo. Whereas the fact they've got Sammy there now makes me think mm. they're in the same way that they're trying to make Gable, they're trying to make Nakamura something kind of different because mm-hmm. yeah, the, what was the one thing he was lacking was a promo. This they've got his promo, yeah. and I get that everyone's like, "Yes, no, Sammy Zayn's the, one of the best wrestlers in the company. He shouldn't be doing management, uh, managing managing Nakamura." I get it, I get it, I get it. I agree in principle. But having seen what Sami Zayn's come up with the last few weeks, I just think, look, he's brilliant. He's just so, so good. So, mm. even, even, to be fair, even if they do, if he is just serving a purpose and he loses the belt, we talked about the tag team division and putting random people together. Like, I know we've just had Nakamura, well, not just now, but we've had Nakamura and Rusev, which was a bit shit. But there's definitely chemistry yeah, between them too. So yeah, there is a team there. Is there. so it, a team. Yeah, it, yeah, if it does go tits up. Like, we obviously, and I think it kind of gets Sammy away from KO as well, which has kind of been a problem since they both came up from NXT all those years ago. Where, that is such a vital thing that I yeah. completely forgot about. Yeah, you can't, in this brand split, they need to go separate ways. Because every time I see Owens and Zayn on the same show, I'm like, whoop. They could interact with each other, and that needs to be put out of my head for at least a year, at least, mm-hmm. because they when they do feud again, it's going to be really, really cool. Only thing is, when they feud again, I am definitely of the inclination now that the roles will be reversed, and I think Sammy will be the heel, which I'd be more than happy with. That'll be like I'd love that over the main belt at a show. It won't happen, but I'd love that to be the main, like a main event, even of a SummerSlam. I think it would be brilliant. It'd be fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. If you did that properly, it'd be amazing. Um, on to what was becoming match of the night until a shitty finish. Um, Shasha, Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch, which ended in disqualification and a, ten, and a 10 grand fine, which I don't know why they keep bringing up fines and storylines, but it's a bit stupid. Um, <laughs> Kevin Owens tweet was very good. <laughs> yeah. like, Only 10 grand, what? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought well, this is where me and you disagree because I really enjoyed the finish because it let them. It, it was a get out of jail free card because you couldn't have that match end legit and do hell in a cell, which is I think is clearly what they wanted to do. But I understand where the, the whole disappointment comes because look, yeah, it's it was the match that you've been hyping for ages and you haven't ended on no contest. But the brawl itself was really cool mm-hmm. and really fun. And to anyone saying that Sasha is kind of negatively affected by it because she came out of it looking a bit shit, that just get it in your brain. Becky Lynch is the biggest star in the company right now. Mm-hmm. There is no looking bad by getting beaten by the man. 
and Sasha got her own shots in on her for three of the four weeks leading up to it. The only time that really she looked bad, well, not looked bad, but she got her ass handed to her was the four horsewomen match. So, yeah, yeah I, I, th- I think they've booked this quite well in terms of the return. I like Bailey's heel turn as well. We Yeah, we both agree it's, that's more subtle than anything. But where I can agree that, yes, it was a bit annoying to have the Marquee match finish on what was essentially a dirty finish slash no contest. Um, I do like the fact that they made such a cool and big deal out of, like it was a Stone Cold Steve Austin deal out Mm -hmm. of Becky because she didn't give a shit. Yeah. No, I think that's a fair point. I think it was just, I think the, like the, I think the DQ is fine. I think it's just the way they did it. Like, they, w- they didn't yeah, relay no, the information for like another yep. 10 minutes and it was like yeah oh they, they kept okay it was really <laughs> annoying because we were expecting becky to come back in and the ref to suddenly stir and then maybe yeah, they'd, yeah. they'd finish it but no i agree with that they and the way that she that sasha ducked out of the way and becky hit the ref was a bit i mean it's a classic wrestling thing right like it's just like yeah how obvious do you want to be like but uh, the idea of it i think was what i really enjoyed more than anything mm-hmm. and ultimately it just made me look forward to the Hell in a Cell match, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which yeah. is that, and the job done. And Hell in a Cell is going to be a hell of a pay-per-view, which we will get to soon. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, disappointment of the night, Kofi Kingston v. Randy Orton, in a match that went very... Well, it didn't even go that long. It went 50 seconds longer than Becky v. It felt, Shasha. It felt it, like it went forever. Yeah, it felt like and it I went love 50 Randy. minutes. I love I love his slow style because it's such a not just a throwback. It's it's a uh, it's a complete juxtaposition to the rest of where WWE mm-hmm. is going, which is faster, 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 faster. Randy slower, but even with a story to tell, and they had the story to tell, it just fell really flat, didn't it? It was, it, it just felt like it was yeah. It, it, they just didn't click together, which is very strange, considering. Mm-hmm. Considering like, everything. The matches 10 years ago were really good. <laughs> uh, but no, I think I think this storyline has to now end. Obviously, it's difficult with the revival entwined with the uh, other members of the New Day. But you can obviously still continue because Brock's not going to be every week. Um, how many? Is it two weeks till Fox? Was it three? October 4th, I think. Two. So three, three weeks. Yeah, 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 three. So no, I, wait. Wait, no, what's the date today? Two. Hang on, two. Yes, two. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, it's two weeks. <laughs> um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see, but there's still definitely a place for Randy Orton. I agree with that, but I think Alistair Black's probably the perfect place to go now. For me, yeah, I, yeah. It's it's very dependent on what they're going to do with Alistair Black because hmm, yeah. whether they ha- if they have him on SmackDown. I th- I mean we on our last podcast we did together we kind of rattled out the major heels in the company right now. Mm-hmm. I have a sneaky suspicion that if SmackDown stays the way it is and they keep Daniel Bryan face, supposing he is face, which we don't know yet, they are going to lack heels. And I'm trying to rack my brain now to think of who they might draft. I mean, Brock wins the title, cool. That's your top heel. But after that, Rowan I've been really impressed with, but he mm. needs to prove a lot. 
Uh, help me out here, guy. I'm actually really, really struggling now. Um, on SmackDown, Almas. Andrade. Almas, yeah, that's Andrade, true. Andrade. Andrade. Uh, yeah, no, good top heel. Nakamura, obviously, but he's mid-card. Yeah. Um, um, Shane. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> he's the top heel of the company. It depends on SmackDown. Um or just in general? Just in general, because obviously AJ and the OC. Yeah. But again, they've, they've got a mid-card title. There's not that many who can make the leap. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're going to have... I mean, obviously Randy, but if you're going to have Alistair Black play, play a prominent role, it may well be that he plays a prominent role as mm-hmm. a baddie. Uh, whether the universe will actually accept that, like WWE Universe, that is, um, will accept that is a different question, but he could certainly play both. He's kind of neutral at the minute because all he's done is fight people, which is kind yeah, of exactly. good. But I mean, if you yeah, it's cool. if you ultimately want someone to event, if it's not going to be Brock, I imagine I think I think it will be Brock. But if it's not, and you want someone to topple Kofi, a heel Alistair Black is quite fucking interested. Yeah, in that regard, I reckon that would work a treat. Yeah, to be honest, I, that would. Well, yeah, no. I, I, even supposing, but then you could play it both ways. If Brock's going to win the title, hmm. And you're not confident enough to put it on either Roman or Brian yet because of their recent history, respectively. Because Brian was just so, just, just so, just a heel so mm-hmm. relatively close ago or near ago. Uh, and Roman has been on this slow build up and he hasn't quite had the run yet. Then a face Alistair Black could very easily be a good challenger to Brock Lesnar. So yeah, Alistair Black's the, the kind of wild card there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and in terms of heels, I mean, you could build up, you could put Cesaro on either show, um, although I'd like them to actually do something properly with him. Um, mm-hmm. Who could you call up? I mean, you, there will be call-ups, I imagine. Well, that's the thing. Once Adam Cole gets there, problem yeah, solved. Problem solved. The, natural, the natural top heel. But it looks but, like he'll be post-WrestleMania at the very, very earliest. Yeah. He's gonna. He's definitely gonna stay in NXT when during their big rise to TV. So yeah, it's a curious conversation, isn't it? I'm sure the listeners will be screaming names at their phone right now that we've missed. But going off the Clash of Champions card itself, you can't really turn. Hmm. I think Strowman's the only one you can turn out of the people I'm yeah. looking at, and I don't care about that. And no, uh, he's he's. You don't care about him. He's just. Hmm. I've really gone off Braun Strowman in the last 18 months, even further back when he couldn't put on a good match with Roman Reigns, despite all of Roman's yeah. best efforts. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see how that pans out, I guess. But as of right now, Randy should and will remain a prominent feature of SmackDown. Uh it's just a shame that it didn't click. I think it's a real shame that it didn't. He didn't get his one really good match out of his probably his last run in, in terms of a main event sort of program. Yeah. It'd be interesting like Jeff Hardy's back as well. He, he's can I think he there's rumors the one to do the Willow character. Or there was a there thing was rumors about he that. Dressed yeah, up, there was he dressed thing. up as Willow for a, a concert or something. Yeah. So you could do I mean, that, that as a heel, but that sounds very that Bray Wyatt. Sounds very Bray Wyatt if you to me. I was about to say I'm I'm not sure if you could have 
the Fiend and Willow. On well, you could, but you'd have to feud group. them instantly. <laughs> yeah, that, way, that is true. And of course, the Fiend would have to win in, in three seconds. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I wonder where Kofi's going to go as well after the move to Fox because, I mean, let's, there's no bones about it. He is probably the biggest baby face they've got. Certainly, if he's oh, not. Oh, God, uh, yeah. He's one of. The only um, person who could top him is Brian, and as you said, he's becoming a face, seemingly. But he's not yes, there yet. seemingly, and slowly. Uh, so, yeah, curious curious to see where Kofi goes. I mean, we, we may be looking too far into the future. They could have Kofi beat Brock, and then he really would be the indomitable champion because his mm. title run has been phenomenal. Um, he just keeps winning, and he keeps winning clean. It's incredible. It really is, considering there was doubts about me doubting him back in the day when I thought Brian would win <laughs> um, yeah. back then. It's very interesting. But anyway, we'll, we'll do um, a podcast on SmackDown's debut and then obviously Hell on the Cells around that time as well. Um, probably one of the best, well, probably top two matches of the night, Rowan v. Roman Reigns. Um Let's focus on Rowan, because we know what Roman Reigns can do. I think there was criticism after his comeback. He had some poor matches with Drew and stuff like that, but he seems to be coming back to his usual level, at, at the very least. Um, but Rowan, uh, where do you think they can go with him? Because I think I was talking to uh, to Diva and a few people in the group. Like They could build him into the main event picture, I think, because not many people beat Roman. Like That's they a very big thing. Could. Yeah, yeah, they that is, they absolutely could. Um, he his big thing was always that ah, oh, he's just a big guy, he's just a henchman, and somehow everyone seems to have missed a small detail in that he can talk. Mm. I don't know when it happened, I don't know how it happened, but he's a really good promo. Like I, I oh, he's a better promo than Brian, which is very mm. strange. I mean, Brian's not a great promo, but the fact that Brian's heel turn just constantly had him talking and then Rowan was just in the background and you just go, whoa, bloody hell. I, I genuinely think you're right. I think he could become at least uh, a main event contender purely because we see big men, like would like take Braun, for example, very wooden promo, does the same thing over and over again, doesn't really have a character outside of get these hands. Rowan, okay, the disrespected thing is kind of overblown a bit, but it's a character. It's it's a genuine justification for heel work. He's a very good talker. He can go in the ring, as we saw this match. It started slowly, but and I think it owed a lot to Roman dragging the crowd, crowd back into it, which is what he's really good at. He's really good at getting a crowd involved in matches, sometimes for the worst, but a lot of the times just to pop them at certain moments. Um, but that's that's my own podcast on how roman and others are masters of the craft um then brian and, and samoa joe mm-hmm. oh we forgot joe heel oh god I. He's, not been on, he's not been on tv he's not injured is he not not in a while uh no i don't think so i, th- I saw him post something on twitter i think it's just a fact that a, a case that they didn't have anything for him but yeah rowan phenomenal and and this was his kind of look i'm here like genuinely big time i'm here so they managed to rescue the storyline with the mm. uh, arrival of, of luke harper which mm. was fantastic to, to be fair when it was announced well not when announced when it was revealed to be Roy, i was like oh 
Yeah, this is shit. But yeah. it, it's not. It's been good. It's not. Yeah. He, they rescued it, yeah. And that's a lot owed to his performance. Um, and I think they finally got a competent writer in who rescued it and, and completely ignored the fake Rowan. Uh, that that weird, weird <laughs> ending because uh, that's got retconned pretty quickly. And now we're at the stage where we can have a SmackDown end with Rowan and Harper just beating the living hell out of everybody and no one bats an eyelid. People go, yeah, yeah, that's fair. They can close a show. They can be the b- biggest badass heels. They can do that. It's completely fine. And that's a nice place to be, I think. Um, especially considering Dave Meltzer said on the morning of the show that they have absolutely no plans <laughs> for Luke Harper. And if that is not emblematic of how we should treat Dave Meltzer, then I don't know what is. Just saying I called it on the preview. Yeah. So Yes, you did. I thought about that as I saw it. I thought about, like, the, to, having listened to the preview, I thought, oh... I mean, it'd be class, but I don't see it happening. As soon as it happened, I went, oh, shit, Guy was right. He'll be very pleased with himself there. He'll be very, very pleased. (laughs) And I was. I I think it just, I thought it just made too much sense. But if if these two win, I imagine it's going to build to them to v. Brian and Roman. It looks like. Which will be be fantastic. If they win that. If they win that, and I know Harper wants to leave and stuff like that, but I mean, the only way you it seems to be you get a big push, resign, then buried. That's yeah, how it works. Exactly. So, yeah. um, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're leaving, are you? Here's a colossal push. <laughs> so if if that if that formula works again and these two win, I mean, you've still you we talked about the tag team version. They can obviously go back in there, but if they beat Roman and Brian, I mean. They're probably they're above. The, they're above the tag team division. They're, they are ready. Well, look, that's the thing. Rowan is Eric Rowan because he he finally got his name back, which was brilliant. <laughs> it means there is still hope for Ali and Andrade, and well, probably not Rusev. I think Rusev's got long gone now because everyone seems to forget that, that, his that name is Val, that is Val Venus to you. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, well, yeah, like they, they, I think they get the benefit of. Harper's already made because of the news, because he was a big name on Twitter. Yeah, because he was mm-hmm. leaving and all that. So he can come back in and people can be like, that's right, that's Harper, we love him. Eric Rowan needed the rub mm-hmm. to beat Roman to, for everyone to literally go, holy shit, all right, we believe you now. He is a proper badass. He's a proper big guy heel. The question is whether they keep those two together or whether they have Harper act as Rowan's sides, not sidekick, but like co-wrecking machine, and maybe Rowan, after they beat Brian and, and Roman, consider, uh, supposing they do, mm-hmm. which is a large supposition, then they would go on and maybe Rowan faces either Kofi or Rowan faces Brian and Harper's in the background, whatever. Anyway, they, they can't just go be a tag team again, is what I mean. Mm. Because if, they're if already it's, made. If it's Kofi, then... You reignite one yeah. of the better. Oh, absolutely! You've one of the better feuds from a few years ago. In the new Davy, what was the Wyatt family back then? Uh, yeah. And even the Bludgeon Brothers, when they became the Bludgeon yeah, Brothers, yeah. had similar feud with the with the New Day. Mm. Um. So yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's like, well, they are ready made, but they can't just be a tag team again. I think it, it's just going to be quite interesting because I think 
we've we've discussed this problem with heels and for a while, and obviously not all of them have booked as we liked it to be, but they've they've fixed it very well. We've probably the biggest surprise of them all, because as as you said, one week it was like, ugh, Eric Roy. Oh, Eric Rowan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Uh, it, it. If he could keep this up, I think he's, he's found a, a great niche because, I mean, as you mentioned, the big men in the company, I mean, we mentioned Lars Sullivan, and he's a cunt. Um, uh, <laughs> and he's injured. And he's just not very good. He was yeah. never very good in NXT. He was not good in the main roster. He's just... I mean, the the five stars last thing was funny. But it was, it came from the performance in that ladder match for the North American title mm-hmm. when he was brilliant. And he just didn't show it again at all. Yeah. So, Lars Sullivan is a lost cause. Braun Strowman is not a lost cause, but he's, not, he's, nearly, he's never going to win the big one. He's nearly a lost cause. Yeah, but uh, look, to be honest, I'm not. That's not a big loss to me. Uh, I know other people will disagree, but that's not a big loss. I sigh every time I see him, to be honest, because you know what's going to happen. Like, yeah, exactly. But he's buried the tag team division about eight times in a year. Yeah, exactly. And but why can't he change something? He's the same Mm. Braun Strowman that the same that was last year and the year before and the year before, all the way up to when he first kind of came out of the White family. Why can't he change? I mean, it's a it's a thing with booking, I guess, as well. They need to book him differently, but also change up your moveset, introduce something new, have a good match, do something other than the running steamroll. Like I get that they're micromanaged. Oh, that, that's the worst spot in fucking wrestling. It really. At, at the first time he did it, it was cool. The second time he did it, it was slightly cool. After that, it was crap. Just stop it. And now it's just a case of well, you're Braun Strowman, and I don't care. And it was so promising after his Bobby Lashley feud, and it's just gone back to being fucking <laughs> shit. And I, yeah. that's weird. I've said that, but it really is it's, true. That's that's one of the strangest things you've ever said, <laughs> yeah. and yet it's completely true. <laughs> uh, bring back Bobby Lashley, I say. <laughs> yeah, well, what is he's he's coming back soon too, isn't he? Yeah, he must be. He must. He'll he'll, 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 you could probably feed him a Alistair Black pretty well. Um, yeah, but anyway, let's get on to the main point. Uh, Seth Rollins v Braun Strowman. Um, before we get onto the actual good stuff, which is obviously after the match, um, yep. the match itself it it was a broad, I know I just it was a broad match. I, yes, I know I've just said he can't have a good match, but okay, this was fun. Like I'll, it felt, you know what it felt like? It felt like a Brock match. Mm. It felt like action, action, action. Oh shit! Nearly finisher, nearly finisher. Oh, oh, what's happening now? Oh, oh, look, finisher! Kick out at one. Holy shit! Oh my god, what's happening? Another finisher. Right, this will be it. No, kick out. Oh, another finisher. Oh my god, he kicked out again. Pedigree. All right, that's it. Oh, he's gonna stop him again. Done. Like it was just a roller coaster of emotions. Didn't need to be too long. Braun didn't have to do much. Seth, for all that we lambast him, is a phenomenal wrestler. He just doesn't have a character for shit. And look, at the end of the day, the match was. More than just good, it was fun, which I like. I like from a match. I like a match to be fun. With all that, with all that being said, it didn't matter, did it? <laughs> because no. Of what happened afterwards? I think it, the worst thing that could happen. I think it was the venue that leaked it, rather than um, TV fucking up. Is that we knew the winner was fighting the thing afterwards? Yeah, like exactly. As soon as as soon as that was like, okay, you could see them putting it on Strowman because there's obviously the Wyatt family story there. The history. Yeah, but then as soon as someone mentioned the fiend slayer, you're like, 
Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> That's going to be the fucking story of the month, isn't it? That is going to be the story, yeah. yeah. And he's going to get fucking destroyed. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the match itself was fun. I agree with that. But afterwards, the NXT our ass, the copyright thing came up. They really did. The thing came up and I was like, all right, they're not doing it, damn it. And then the the that oh, and I put I told you I've told you this before I put this in the chat whatever he's got the take a pop guy mm. he's genuinely got the take a pop the the first the sound hits and everyone goes oh hang on and then the lights dim first and everyone goes oh it's happening and then the lights go out fully and everyone goes oh it's happening and then the that weird I don't even know what you call it the weird noise that's just like a someone laughing slasher like a like a horror movie set thing it's just in the background and then the strobe lights go and as soon as you see the mask you both cheer and shit yourself because <laughs> I swear to God I mean Bray Wyatt said it who apparently said it to the mask designer. He said, dude, you've just changed the game with that mask. But his performance to just stare into your soul and, oh, my God. He, the fact that it, they NXT'd us and it came after the credits, I think only just made it even cooler because it's the whole idea that he will wait until the very last second, like a horror movie villain, and then jump out at him. They'll jump out at you or jump out, jump out at Seth. It's just, he's just the best thing ever, and they're presenting him in the best way ever as well. I, jeez, oh, oh, I love it, I love it. It, it's fucking amazing, man. It, it, I, you just couldn't see it. Like when he was the Hallball Wizard, you just could not see this, this rejuvenation of a career. You think he'd have to go to the Indies and do a Drew McIntyre or a Matt Hardy, and it just. Oh my god, it's fucking amazing. But I, I'm going to build on this point because the um, Clash of Champions stuff was good, but fuck me, the Raw stuff was even fucking oh, better. It was the and credit like yes, the feed is amazing. We love him. We love him. We love him. Credit to Seth Rollins for yeah. selling the life out of, or in fact, the opposite, selling the death out of that stare that he got, he just stared off into space, literally like he was having a an out-of-body moment, that his soul had left his body because he was so petrified. And credit to Seth because he made that so good. But, I mean, I just keep saying it. He's so fucking scary. It's genuinely <laughs> legit. Like, how is, he, how is the dude that was in a rocking chair managing a horror character this and the dude that just didn't shut up and just kept talking and talking he's managing a horror character where he doesn't have to say a thing this well and obviously it's belied by the firefly funhouse which is incredible but oh and like that's the the, the thing i was gonna ask you on the chat but i realized i would save it for the podcast was where like when do you th- when slash if do you think we're gonna see Jumper Bray in the ring, and how different do you reckon he's going to make it look? Like, how much of a contrast will we see if we see? <laughs> I kind of hope we never see it at this stage because yeah. <laughs> the formula is just working at the minute. Like, imagine if he's the one to retire Undertaker and then Jumper Bray the next night. It'd <laughs> 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 be fucking amazing. <laughs> um, it's I, so so good. Yeah, it it. 
I just don't think you need like the firefight. I know it's kind of changed set. He's he's obviously backstage now rather than wherever the hell he filmed the proper Firefly Funhouse. But it's it's still just working perfectly. And the fact that he's like he's apologising for what the fiends do. It's like oh mate, just stop it, you, you fucking genius. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, oh, but that segment on Raw. It, you got Kane, which obviously gets me invested because he's the best ever. Um. And they just they use that, but like I thought it was going to be the thing dude come out and save him for some reason, and then it was Kane, and they're like, oh okay, I wonder where this is going. And they're like, oh my god, it's fucking happening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when he went and to go do this, like, holy shit, they're gonna do it. <laughs> oh my god, they're gonna do it. And then the mandible, like the mandible claw as well, it's perfect because mm. it's just like, yeah, well. When Foley did it with Mr. Soho, it was kind of half comedic and half thing. And then Foley also did it with Cactus Jack, I think, or the other one. Mm. Um, uh, and and you kind of, and they became more sadistic. But I've never seen a more horror movie wrestling move because yes, yeah, jamming your hand down someone's throat is just a it's creepy, b it's disgusting, c it's choking someone out so they're gonna fade away really slowly. And it's just phenomenal. Like, everything is phenomenal. But the little details, the way that he crossed Seth's face out, the fact that we've got that, that Bray Wyatt's like, look at all my, sorry, Jumper Bray in Five Fly Fun House is like, look at all my friends. I'm so happy I made for the power. I'm so happy the power of friendship came over me and I, I got to be fr- become friends with them. And I'm sorry for what the fiend did, Seth. I'm sorry, but you know, you make him angry and this is what happens. And then he go, his face turns to ice and he just goes, yeah and careful what you wish for and then obviously the past it's the let me in but oh just phenomenal absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> what i liked is the week before with steve austin was like steve's not doing anything to me so i'm just gonna leave him alone <laughs> 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 it's so good yeah, well, he's obviously got a, he's got he hasn't he hasn't really had a history with any of the other legends but he has a history with kane exactly i think the worst of the undertaker thing they could have done something there but they might want to leave that yeah, I'm not sure you want the past to cross until kind of the crosshairs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the thing. It's like, look, I understand when people say you don't need to give a character like The Fiend a title because it's not like he can come out and cut a promo with it. But what I would say is that Bray Wyatt's developed this thing so brilliantly that you can't tell me you don't want to see a Firefly Funhouse episode with Bray Wyatt holding the Universal title and all the puppets just around talking about it and like, like Mercy like holding up the Universal title and Demon Vince coming in and being like, no, what's going on? You can't be my champion. And then Bray just feeding him money again to make him disappear. And just, uh, there are so many possibilities that we haven't seen with this character that usually where I'd be like, yeah, of course you don't want to give it to, I don't know, Demon Kane in 1996 because he doesn't need it. He just needs to be scary at this point. But as of right now, we 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 do kind of need the Fiend mm-hmm. to have the Universal title. We do need him to be all-conquering, all-brilliant because the first person that beats him, it's going to be like, holy shit. And the first person that beats him, as you've mentioned before, should be Demon Balor. Or Alistair Black. Potentially. Although I'd prefer to see Alistair Black stay on SmackDown. Yeah, I would as well. 
I would as well. Like, this is after 10 years, obviously, of, of holding yeah, the Yeah, of course. Um, so it might be like Brock Lesnar's son or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, or I wonder if John Cena's having a kid any time. Yeah, pro- probably not. Which is not probably not with John. He's just. A, I think he's just asexual at this stage. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, he turned out Nicky Bella, so something must be wrong there. Yeah, he's probably, he probably had his choice. He had a selection in these. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually. No, that's a good point. No, no, that's true. I didn't think of that. Nicky Bella's the one that probably fucked that one up because look, it's John Cena. He does what he wants. It's right. Yeah. Um, oh god, you, now you got to see the fiend be John Cena at some point. It, oh yes, because that's the big that's story. That's with, the biggest story yes. of redemption. That with what Cena did to Bray at WrestleMania. Yeah. Oh yes. That would be fantastic. Oh, dear. But we are going to have to discuss the rest of TV, because we've gone a bit over, but we always do. Um, King of the Ring final. Baron Corbin not being forced down our throats is a very good thing, because when he's not, he's putting on good matches with great workers, and he's he's coming out of his shell in a very good way, and not a fucking forced, horrendous shit way. Yes, exactly. When he's not being constable stupidity, when he's not being yeah shoved down our throats with the whole Lacey and Seth, Lacey and Becky and Seth storyline, when he's allowed to just be a really good heel, because he is a really good heel, like he's perfect. In NXT, he had this role like of being like, yes, guess what? I know that you like all the little indie darlings around NXT. I know that you like all your little indie wrestlers, but I'm going to beat every single one of them because I'm better than them and I'm bigger than them and they can't hold a candle to me with their little flips and all that. And he's taken that and it's kind of evolved into the Baron Corbin we have now, which is, yeah, you don't you don't like me. Ha ha, guess what? I just won and now I'm king of the ring. So yeah, you can suck on that. And it's just brilliant heel work because he, it's natural. It's what he's good at. Rather than Constable Corbin sucking up to Stephanie, general manager, shit. And yeah, I did not expect him to have these kinds of matches, matches, but the King of the Ring tournament brought out the best of him. And that final was almost perfectly paced as a match. And the aftermath, short jokes aside, was really good. Um, because yeah, it was Baron Corbin doing what he does best, which is just natural heel work. Um, so yeah, overall, just yeah, phenomenal. I loved it. And I'm really enjoying him right now. Mm. And by extension, I mean, the short jokes aren't helping him, but it's kind of got Chad Gable a spot on the roster, which I was not mm. expecting to happen. Especially after the move to 205 Live, where mm. you just go, well, he's probably going to be gone in a couple of years. But now, no, I think he... The, that The match against Shelton Benjamin was really an interesting turning point because no one seemed to care inside that arena. It was a crap crowd anyway. But it was kind of a point where they're just like, ooh, that was a bit rough for Chad because no one seemed to really buy into him. And then the next week it got slightly better and slightly better until you realized in his match with Andrade, yeah, uh, it's been in front of our face the entire time. Of course they're doing the Chad Gable story to the final. Of course they're going to do that uh, because that's that's what they're built to. And sometimes you see the signs with WWE. Um, and then Baron Corbin, he was kind of the perfect foil for Baron Corbin because mm. everyone wanted to see him win as an underdog. Whereas if it was Ricochet, I think more people would have been a bit saltier. Whereas Bar- Chad yeah. Gable was just a really 
cool, like, come on, Chad, we know you can do it. We know you can do it. Ah, crap, he didn't do it. Uh, and I think that worked a treat for, for Corbin and, and what he's been trying to do. Yeah, yeah, and I think, as you said, it would have just annoyed people if, like, I'm, I know he beat him in the semi-final. Yeah, but it was a triple Semi-final, him yeah. and Joe. Yeah. yeah. And he kind of snuck the win, which is, again, mm. really good heel work. Mm. But if he was beating, I don't know, Buddy Murphy in the final, people may have been annoyed a bit more. Whereas Chad Gable was completely neutral to the crowd because obviously he's not been on, he's not been on yeah. um, main roster TV probably since Bel- Benjamin and him split up. Really, I know he had that shit where he was taking notes in the background, which did nothing. <laughs> but um, it, yeah, it, it it I thought it was perfectly done and. To make people actually enjoy Baron Corbin is probably the biggest victory here because, yeah, that whole Lacey Evans <laughs> yeah. shit at the start of the year, good God. Um, That's absolutely true. Mm, it, but it looks like the feud's going to continue, which is quite interesting. be interesting to see where that goes as well. Um, was there anything else on Raw to talk about? I don't think there was, was there? Um, the... I beg your pardon, that was SmackDown. The uh, women's kind of it's hard to it's hard to call it a four horsewomen feud because it's not the four horsewomen feuding with each other but it's split down the middle and mm. Becky and Charlotte still aren't really a team it's so it's complicated to describe what it is is quite good uh in the way that Bailey tried to untie the turnbuckle to help Sasha win again was that on Raw or on Smackdown I, I can't remember that, it I think that was Smackdown yeah and then obviously Charlotte came down in high heels and hit a big boot. <laughs> and that was uh, impressive to say the least. Um, and uh, yeah, the whole angle and then having Charlotte come in and whack Be- Sasha with the chair and really good, really nice to see Becky and Charlotte still really adversarial as well. Every time they're in the ring together, they look like they're about to, no, they look like they're waiting for the other one to cheap mm. shot them, which is nice, nice cont- continuity because, if they just suddenly became friends, I think a lot of people would have just found that completely ridiculous and unbelievable. So it's nice that we've got a little bit of continuity still. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That always annoys me. It's like, oh, we're best mates now. Let's fucking just, let's just be friendly. Like, eh, no, you can't just spend two years fighting each other. <laughs> yeah. A uh, lack of rationale. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on the SmackDown side, we obviously still got the fallout from Rowan and Harper, which you alluded to, where they just beat the shit out of everyone to finish the show, which was great. But at the start of the show, after the there was a six-man tag, wasn't there? And the fallout to that was Brock coming out, which was probably a big surprise. Obviously, when you know Fox is two weeks away now, uh, I thought it was actually further away, but it, do, it makes all the sense because that, that's been the rumour for a long time. That Brock was going to go to SmackDown to kick off that, wasn't it? Um, what do you think about it? Do you think it's perfect for the first Fox show, or would you think it's pay-per-view worthy, or do you think it's just Fox going, well, he, he's the most serious sports person. He's getting it. Yes, to pretty much all accounts. Yes, it makes the first Friday Night SmackDown, which I'm so happy to be saying again, because that's what I grew up with, Um it makes the first Friday Night SmackDown like legit. Also, because people will tune in because they're not sure where. Like, if it was, I don't know, if it was Kofi versus Orton, people would be like, yeah, Kofi will probably still win. 
But because it's Brock Kofi, it's now Brock will still win, and we want to tune in to see if he doesn't. And even if he does win, it legitimizes Friday Night SmackDown. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, it's a perfect way to kick it off. But also in terms of going into the Fox era, like you said, well, this is the most legit sportsman in the entire company. He's going to have his first match on TV for since 2005. He hasn't no, wrestled earlier. Since, he hasn't wrestled since he came back on TV, has he? No, he hasn't. No. Um, yeah, so, so I think it's 2005. Uh, maybe I may stand correct on that. And after that, it's a case of let's see where we go from here. Mostly via the draft, but yeah, that first Friday Night SmackDown is going to be really, really good TV. Uh, a, because of the draft, B, because of the main event, but also we've got enough storylines, as we covered at the top of the show, to kind of keep us going. Oh, sorry, we covered that off air, I beg your pardon. The point that we were kind of making off air was it, I did not expect this week's TV to be as good as it was, purely because going into a draft, there are storylines, specifically a draft where the shows are going to be completely separated from each other and are going to be completely, like they're not even going to do Survivor Series traditionally raw versus smackdown they're not going to do that apparently because they want to keep them so distinct um so from that perspective it makes friday night smackdown feel really important because you've got enough storylines to take you along but obviously the hardcore wrestling fans will tune in to see because they always do but will tune in to see what they're going to come up with to start the new era um and then this is a good as good a kickstarter as anything so i still think brock will win but there's enough doubt in me to not be surprised if Kofi does. Yeah, I think you've perfectly put that. Um, we should have really finished on that, but I just remembered something that happened from Raw. Rusev came back. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and Jesus Christ, this weird, wacky storyline with Mike Cuckolding Bennett. Uh, my, Maria Cuckolding Mike Bennett. Wacky, you mean what? shit. I presume. <laughs> yeah. It's just, well, like, clearly Rusev can't be the father because they referenced Lana, right? So that's, and the, the whole thing with Ricky And it's Shay not realistic clearly, to cheat on Lana because nobody's that fucking stupid. Nobody's <laughs> that dumb. And they're married. And you just go, no, of course that's not what happened. Which means Rusev saw an opportunity to come back. Like, like in, in kayfabe, it was Rusev going like, yeah, I'll come back because I need some, I, st- I need something to give me headlines. Right. Okay. That technically works in kayfabe. Let's go with that. What I don't get is where this is going at Paul Heyman because Paul Heyman ran Raw and it was a really good Raw. But Jesus Christ, I've never seen such a Paul Heyman storyline <laughs> in my life purely because it's just like, well, where are you going with this, Paul? Are you trying? Is this is Mike supposed to turn face? Is he going to hit his pregnant wife? No, clearly not. Once the baby's born, it's it's probably going to be white. So you know you can't get away with another no, ricochet. You can, you can trade. You can trade the baby. <laughs> trade the baby <laughs> just for the purpose of a storyline. But no, I just I don't know where the hell this is going. I'm intrigued, but look, Paul, maybe yeah, this wasn't one of your better ideas. Anyway, <laughs> Rusev's back, and it was one of the weirdest returns I think in WWE history or wrestling history. <laughs> Most importantly, that Tash. Oh, what a mustache. What a mustache. It's fucking beautiful. There are some people who can rock a mustache. There are some people who can make a mustache look all right. And there are some people who own a mustache. And Rusev is in the latter. 
I can't believe they've missed the opportunity of having him and Robert Rude in a tag team. It's fucking disgusting. Well, never, never say never. Like, never we, say never. No. <laughs> we need Rusev to come out and batter Ziggler. And then in the ring, Bobby Rude shaves his beard into a moustache again. Yeah. And well, again, it. but it's the, it's the idea that... Uh, not necessarily taking your ball and going home because I don't think Rusev did that. I think Rusev just got to a state of not giving a shit, um, because he wasn't being used. But with the brand split coming up, it's kind of hot property to be a popular guy in the background, not getting his chance. Because look, they need bodies as of mm. right now. We saw the draft earlier in the year, and it got to a certain point where you realized, all right, we're running out of names. That was half because of injury. That was also had to do with the fact that Dean was leaving or had left. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't call up many from NXT either. And exactly. They did not call anyone up from NXT. With NXT becoming TV now, there aren't going to be any more call-ups, I don't think, for the next six months. So you need names. Um, and Rusev was one of those names. They still chant Rusev Day. He's still over. It's they really need to... they need English back with him. To be honest, they just they probably do. But I think, I mean, Aiden English has actually surprised me with how good a commentator he's, he's yeah, been he's, on two yeah. yeah. So maybe they will go down the Corey Graves route, where they'll just be like, "No, you're you're kind of too good a commentator to send back in there, so we're going to keep you around." Mm, it'd be uh, interesting to see where he goes when two or f- unless he just does main event or some shit. But that would probably be a waste. Yeah, so the the whole thing with a commentary team, I know we haven't covered it today, um, is interesting because it does seem like there is something in the reports that Cole is going to SmackDown. Uh, interesting. Vic Joseph, who is very, very good, mm. is going seemingly to Raw. Uh, where that leaves Tom Phillips, who is also very, very good, I'm not quite sure. I don't think they're going to ditch Moro anytime soon. Well, he doesn't. He's scared. He obviously has bipolar and stuff. So maybe with the live stuff, Tom Phillips can do that, and then Thingy can come do the takeovers. That Quite possibly, yeah, that would make sense. Uh, I guess, yeah, it depends on how Moro's feeling and and how he how he wants to react to the to the work schedule. Because yeah, you're right. He could get away with just doing a bunch of tapings and then post post prod kind of voiceovers now he needs to be there every week will he be there for that um i really like tom phillips i think he should definitely feature prominently in terms of commentary but i get the i I get Mm -hmm. if if he has to just be a backstage interviewer i get it what's gonna be curious is seeing michael collins smackdown that's gonna be really he's eventually going to step down isn't he that's probably the idea i reckon vic joseph's his, his ultimate successor yeah yeah, and Mar- Marrow's obviously never going to come back to the main roster. So no. You imagine um, Phillips and Joseph will be the future. Yeah, what? and I think that's a good future of commentary yeah. teams. I, I I know lots of people don't like Corey Graves. I really like him, apart from moments where he's trying to just self-aggrandize he, he's just much. over. He's just oversaturated at the minute. He's on, yeah, he he's has, on both shows. Yeah. It's, not, it's not helping him. Exactly. Having him on both shows, not ideal. Um... Byron's great on SmackDown. I'm not sold on Renee Young. She's getting better. I think she's, she's going to getting SmackDown better. by the sounds of it. That would make sense. Because she's she, doing the I know, Oh, sorry. She's, um... That's right. She is definitely... She's definitely got her own show. 
on Fox Sports. I think it's before SmackDown mm. every week. Uh, basically doing a preview and like sports-like coverage of it. So maybe she'll get taken off commentary to do that, or maybe she'll do both. Who knows? Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, you, you, I wouldn't be surprised if she's on SmackDown. You're absolutely right. Where, the, where that leaves Raw, I'm not sure. I think Nigel McGuinness is brilliant, but again, NXT is going to TV. He suits NXT as well. Yep, exactly. Uh, and then I don't think they're going to go back to two-team commentary booths. So look, it's up in the air right now. But Just, just not court job. Booker T. Oh. Uh, oh, God, I could not deal with more Booker T. I mean, his, his segment as King Booker was fantastic. I, I <laughs> love But I could not deal with him on commentary again. Because Shucky Ducky, quack, quack. Oh, God. They've got to bring, after all this, they've got to bring CM Punk back to do commentary, uh, which would be well, amazing. It'd be amazingly he's, funny. <laughs> his agent tried to do, tried to sort them, like he tried to tear out the waters, and then both CM Punk and WWE went, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> That's not, I mean, eventually, yes, 10 years down the line, maybe, because the whole Starcast thing, clearly he doesn't harbour any real resentment towards him. They've made it abundantly clear that the resentment came from him and not necessarily them. So, I mean, we've seen, we've seen Bret Hart back in a WWE ring at this stage, mm. anything's possible, but I, yeah, that's detracting from the, the point that this brand split is going to be very, very entertaining. I think it's going to be great personally because i really enjoy when the, the shows are very separate um but it's gonna be great to see what they can come up with with two separate shows two two different showrunners vince taking hopefully a slight step back and nxt the best thing in wrestling going to tv as well it's going to be very very interesting uh, but we will finish up there we've done an hour and a half but it does too the fiends on tv you're lucky it's not two hours um <laughs> <laughs> but we'll finish up there so thank you Alex and thank you everyone at home for listening goodbye ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. 
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.